Welcome to the Special Delivery Podcast. I am your host, Special, and on this show, I like to do one of two things. Either I'm highlighting new music that's dropped, or I'm sitting down with artists to talk about their latest project, and that's what we're doing on this episode. Mo Green joined me to talk about his latest project called Saturday Night, Sunday Morning, and we talked about everything, why it's three tracks, what went into making those three tracks, his super interesting influences ranging from chaos to atmosphere to country music, Bubba Sparks, Joe Budden, InSync, and everything in between. Plus, we also talked about him picking samples on certain songs, resilience after death, writing songs as letters, and so much more. And then after that, we talked about him being featured on the Blind Spotting soundtrack, the movie that dropped last year. Such an incredible movie. Please check it out. So we talk about the process behind getting onto that soundtrack and just the super fascinating story of how it all came together. So let's get into it. All right, what's up, people? This is Mo Green. Shout out to the old Outcrowd 110, OCCX. We're going to shorten it up. Um, Represent Vallejo. You know what I'm saying? I'm right, doing my thing with special. I'm feeling special. I got lights on me. I got a camera on me. You know what I'm saying? I got a green hat on me. I don't work here no more, so don't worry about it. <laughs> yes, Mo Green is here. How you doing? Finally. Finally here. I went back in our text, and I seen our first text was in December 2011. Wow. I don't delete my text. I don't have anything in my phone. What did it say? It was just like, you know how you like, all right, exchange numbers, and it's just like, hey, you text Mo Green. He's like, hey. I miss special. Wow. Yep, and it was a bunch of conversations about special Sundays. Oh. Yeah. And you never came by. Didn't get to. I came eventually. I'm here. Eventually, you know, we just changed it up a little bit. Yeah, we're not going to talk about how I had to force you to come here today. I'm here, you know. You know what I mean? Nobody wanted to see me, so. All right. I had to drum up some uh, anticipation. (laughs) I love it, though. We got to talk about blind spotting, but before that, we have to talk about Saturday night, Sunday morning. Okay. Dropped earlier this year. Mm -hmm. Three songs, straightforward to the point. Just hit them over the head one time. What? was the idea behind the title the initial idea was me doing songs every weekend so i have to find a way to motivate myself to do shit can i cuss okay motivate myself to do shit um because at times you feel uninspired and at times you don't want to create but you hear about people doing like 20 songs a day or this he doing like 80 million songs a day or he doing this and that it's like damn i should be doing that shit too so it's like are the songs good it's not good but people listen to that shit so it's like you know i mean it's whatever you know what i'm saying it's whatever it's working i guess so i was like i'm gonna do a song on saturday night i'm gonna do a song on sunday morning I'm going to put this shit out. And it was going to just draw the duality between like a Saturday night. Like you think of a Saturday night, it's like the club and things like that. And then Sunday morning is more like spiritual. You get in touch with yourself. So I was going to hit him on one like braggadocious joint. And then the next one, get back into my my uh, introspective bag, you know what I'm saying? Which is really my my wheelhouse. But it ended up not being that. <laughs> it just, I just liked it like in the title. I had the cover already. And like the term Saturday night, Sunday morning just kept coming up. Like, for instance, it's a rapper named Chaos from Canada. I'm a huge fan of Chaos. My brother fucking hates Chaos. But I'm a huge fan of Chaos. And he has a song called Saturday Night. Uh, no, he has a song called Sunday Morning. And he said, every day is Saturday night, but I can't wait for Sunday morning. And then my boy Kevin Allen had a song. He references Saturday Night, Sunday Morning. And I remember hitting him like, yo, did you listen you listen to Chaos, bro? He was like, fuck is that? And I was like, all right, maybe it's not the same thing. And then I heard another Saturday Night, Sunday Morning reference. And I was like, you know what? I just, that name just kept coming. That's why I wanted to use that. And then um, 
three songs. I had a homie that was pissed it was only three songs. Because I don't drop, like, all the time. So when I dropped, it was like, three songs? Nigga, that's sick, cuz. Like, oh, this nigga gonna drop a song, probably three songs. I said, well, learn all the words of these three, and I'll drop three more. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't act like if I put 16 out, you gonna just slap all 16. Because nobody got time for that no more. Everybody puts a million songs out. And the new thing is actually everybody dropping short projects. Like, everybody's doing, like, oh, four-song EPs, three-song EPs. And I never, I've been wanting to do this since high school. Mm-hmm. And people was like, dude, you can't drop a project with three songs or four songs. But I always listen to Atmosphere mm-hmm. from Rhyme Sayers. Mm-hmm. And they always had like the Sad Clown, Bad Summer stuff projects. And there's always like three songs on them, three or four joints. And I'm like, yo, this shit's just hard. The covers was hella hard. This, the songs was good to the point. And it's like, it's just three songs. But it actually took time to do the album cover hella dope. The packaging was dope. But it's only three songs. But it's like, this is all I got to say right now. And that's all I want to give to you. So I've been wanting to do that shit forever it just kind of sucks it don't suck but it's like it's a gift and a curse right because everybody's doing a three song thing now it's like you with the trend and it didn't come from that but at the same time people are more receptive to just taking three or four songs at a time so eventually i'm gonna come with the long project but it's like this is what i gotta say right now i have nothing else to say so this is what i gotta say it might be three might be four five six next time i don't know it's bittersweet i think it's dope that you're actually able to do it like you said it it sucks that people are doing it but also it's cool that now that they're receptive so it makes sense yeah. and i feel your homie like damn just three songs but we also have to just be thankful that we finally got something man life be crazy yeah. and it's just like you know i'm just trying to uh like if i have some shit to say i might put some shit out tomorrow but like, this is what i had to say and that's it you know but that's just how it goes but i think that's a beautiful thing too like just seeing how the industry has evolved to where it's like oh if i got one thing to say boom i could put that out you know what i mean it doesn't have to be this whole production like so you start the project off with dusty pretty pissed off and kind of upset but also just speaking the truth about how not only the industry has become so fake but honestly the world Mm. and just what it's like to kind of want to succeed in this sphere that's so fake and just so damaged Looking at these suckers, man, it's hard to feel you. They say you ain't official and these niggas train to kill you. Say shit we can't relate to, you get the hate. The same time they say do it for your people, be great. The end result could be your engine, fuck the time you take it. I'll take my check and buy a rollie cause my time is sacred. Take all the talent to pay dues and apply the patience. You get the green and chosen one that won despite the matrix. My lane solidified, solid niggas shouldn't die. But they do so while I'm here, I'm giving you niggas the truth. What was it like making that one? That song was a whole nother song at first. It was a, um, actually an intro for the project, and I was singing on it. Can't sing, but I like to sing, so fuck it. It sounded dope. And then he started messing with some drums. I'm like, save the other version, but keep that, and let's build on that. So my boy Chris, Chris Tolliver, we used to call him Christian Incredible in high school, so your name would be Christian Incredible, okay? <laughs> so Christian Incredible, he was on the beats. And we was like, yo, this is kind of hard. And it had like a country kind of vibe. It sounded kind of dusty. Like this song sounds dusty. So I was like, let me call it Dusty. Like usually half the time my songs are named what the beat was called. I like country music and I like quote unquote country rap. Like to sense. So like one of my favorite albums ever is Bubba Sparks Deliverance. Mm-hmm. A lot of people ain't heard the album because they like, all right, they only know Bubba Sparks, Miss New Booty, all that kind of shit. But before that, he had an album called Deliverance. It was the second album. They flipped hella country songs. And it, and country music is hella emotion. So 
like when I heard that beat, I'm like, yo, this sounds like some country shit. I really should get Bubba Sparks on this shit because he does follow me on Instagram. And he comments on my shit sometimes because he know I'm a big fan and he checked my shot before. Random or green fact. I might eventually one day get him on that shit when they, like, you know, I do like a, some big release. If anybody want to put some bread up behind me, you know what I'm saying? I got five on it. We got five dollars. So let's see what both parts talking about. But yeah, so like that joint, it was real introspective. Like that's my shit. You know what I'm saying? So I was just talking about that shit is faker than ever. Cause shit is phony. Like motherfuckers are hella fake. People are just boosting, man. And people would just be forgetting like, it's also some what have you done for me lately kind of show all the time. So it's like, it's a given curse that how I drop, how I drop. When I drop, people like it. But at the same time, I look back and see certain people like I've seen on the way up and it's like I've helped on the way up and it's like I've shown love on the way up. Even we was all in the mud together and now we all doing shit still, but it's like, Oh, y'all remember when I was really fucking with y'all from the jump? Or you don't remember none of this shit? So, like, that's where most of my shit come from. Like, when you said anger, that's where I was really fucking on some pissed off shit. Like, especially on the hook, because, like, I'm fucking yelling, and I don't really be yelling on my songs. But, yeah, that's where it came from. It's just, like, that was the first song that we really, like, kicked the project off with. Like, that was like, this is the one we rolling with right now. So, that kind of set the tone. I love it, though, because it, it's so warranted, and it's stuff that we need to hear and we need to you know what i mean have those opinions and kind of go against the grain of like no like we can see through this shit like all this trolling all this dumb shit it's not cool like yeah, it's it fake bullshit, man. it's terrible then we get into four deep i love four deep because it's it's like that hustler's anthem you know yeah you know got a different kind of vision by the life to live yeah. it's new doors everywhere why you like it here is relative, I guess you gotta like the tears. I just gotta make it out, I gotta fight the fears. At a crossroads, tripping on which way I should choose. Seeing red, I can give you the blues. I mean, every word I say, cause the feeling is true. Timing is everything a motherfucker's willing to do, huh? But it's also so introspective, and you're talking about just the duality of you could do it the easy way mm-hmm. and live off of that or you can kind of follow your conscience and not take the easy road and eat tuna sandwiches and yeah, yeah. you know what I mean man. just grind it out man when I did that line how many cans of tuna are we gonna finish I could have took the easy way but I wouldn't feel it mm-hmm. I'm like that's it's for real like it's a, how do you want to win you know what I'm saying? Like, do you want to win on some phony shit? Or do I just want to... Like, I could have been this some weird shit and just got on, like... You know what I'm saying? I could have been 6'9". You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, tatted, tatted a fucking 707 on my forehead and was just, like, doing some wild shit. But it's like, man, that shit ain't dope. It's not really dope. But at the end of the day, you look at... It depends how you was raised. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of questionable. You look at people's upbringing and you're like, you think this shit is tight? Like, that shit ain't tight. Or like, I'd rather just get it how I get it and stick to my guns. I seen um this dude, Westside Gun, right? This rapper Westside Gun from Buffalo. And uh, he was talking about, yeah, he had quarter meal on. He had hella ice and shit. It's like the other day, hella ice. He like, quarter meal on my neck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shining like a motherfucker. But he doesn't make no kind of radio shit. He, he straight do straight loops like underground rap but he's fucking winning off that shit and i sent that to the homies i sent it to a few homies uh monty draper i sent it to a few other homies and i was like this is what it looks like when you stick to your guns because like he just do what the fuck you want him to do and like you can still live like fucking you can't live like nelly but i'm just saying you can still look like you live like nelly and fucking you know what i'm saying 
do what the fuck you want to do. So like that's why I hold shit. Like I rather fucking. But at the same time, it, it's a double thing because it's like how many cans of tuna are we gonna finish? Like how much fucking longer is this shit gonna take? Because you got people in your life who've been seeing you through the whole journey. They're like, uh, what's up with this shit? Like when this shit gonna crack off? Or like you get certain looks and they're like, oh this shit is tight. Oh now oh now y'all back on board with this shit. Oh now this shit is tight. Like you wouldn't even give a fuck about what I was doing last week. But when fucking some shit crack off, it's like, oh, okay, oh, that's what's up. Like, we always thought that shit was going to be dope. Like, you thought that shit was going to be dope five years ago, but fuck, I'm still in the mud with my shit. Like, I'm still out here, you know what I'm saying? I'm just trying to create and live off my creations, you know what I'm saying? So, like, that whole song, it, it's just some shit to ride to, you know what I'm saying? Some shit that actually bumps. Because niggas be talking about I ain't got no slaps. So, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's some shit that actually, it's, it's fun to perform, you know what I'm saying? So, it's, it's a cool joint. Speaking of performing, I have a real serious question last time i saw you perform you perform this ballad that some people may or may not remember from this incredible group uh they go by the name of in sync they yeah. had this wonderful chart topping just electric infectious song called bye 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 yeah and you took it upon yourself to just give a poetic representation <laughs> of that song and really pour your heart into it. And you really took the crowd by surprise. What was the decision behind that beautiful gift that you gave us? That literally, I had it in my mind and I told, I hit flow. Cause I had said, y'all got a house DJ. He's like, I'll DJ your set. I'm like, all right, well, just to let you know, this shit gonna be fun as fuck. He's like, what you mean? I'm like, all right, look, I'm gonna figure a way to put in sync, blah, 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 my shit. Or people probably gonna bite my shit after this shit, but whatever, you know, it'll make the shows better. All right, so when they hit you for a show, or they hit me in for a show, whatever, I say, how much time I got? They say like 20 minutes. Okay, cool, I got 20 minutes. I have 20 minutes to entertain you. So it's like, I can do whatever I want for this 20 minutes. You know what I'm saying? I can do whatever I want, anything I want. So take it back. I used to do shows at this bar called Mojitos in North Beach in, in the city. at San Francisco for you people not in uh, the Bay Area. So in the city, I used to do shows with a live band called The Park. And then um, one day we was at rehearsal. And I was like, hey, you guys don't living on a prayer? They was like, yeah, we know Bon Jovi. I was like, yeah, living on a prayer. Yeah, all right, cool. We going to do the first verse to the hook for living on a prayer I just show tonight. He said, are you fucking serious? I'm like, let's do this shit. Like, all right, why not? I got done doing my whole set and I, we just kicked it off and I just did living on a prayer. And they was like, what the fuck? People was in there rocking in that shit because it's like, you got those people a curveball because y'all came to see a rap show, but y'all ain't know I was going to get here and sing NSYNC, blah, blah, blah. And then everybody in the crowd knew the fucking words. And it's a good icebreaker too because it's like, all right, y'all act like you go to a lot of rap shows. Not saying that one in particular because the crowd was hella cool with that one. But in general, you go to a rap show and people are just like, they're either bouncing their head, unless you're Travis Scott, motherfuckers is killing themselves. But like, if you just uh, at a regular show, people usually kind of be trying to be cool, especially at a spot like Uptown. That's just 21 and up. So you got the older crowd, you know what I'm saying? So everybody just kind of like chilling. You got to break the ice sometimes, throw a curveball. And then at the same time, you got to be memorable. Like, everybody went up there to rap. Everybody was dope as fuck. But it's like, what can I do to stand out? Because everybody raps. Everybody's dope. You know what I'm saying? Like, everybody up here is dope. That's just my shit. And plus, Instinct was tight. I don't give a fuck. Like, that shit was tight. I remember high school, senior year, I had my iPod with NSYNC songs on that shit. And people knew the words. I see y'all trying to act like y'all fucking too tough to sing NSYNC. I ain't no punk. I just like the fucking music. Like, you know what I'm saying? 
Sue me. Fuck that. I, I remember when NSYNC came out. We were like fifth grade. The girls in the class made the teacher bring in their fucking tape. We had to watch like the NSYNC documentary and shit. And I was like, yeah. And I was like, what the hell is this? But I was like, so many songs are kind of cool. Like, Think about it. They had the best producers in the game, the best songwriters yeah. at that time. Like, of course, it's going to be incredible Of course, music. this shit's going to be tight. Like, NSYNC, Backstreet Boys, Britney Spears, that whole run, they were just cranking out hit records, hit records, hit records. And for a little tidbit for you guys out there, if you guys ever watch House Party, them three buff motherfuckers, their group called Full Force. Full Force actually wrote a few of them NSYNC and Battery Boys songs. So next time you watch House Party, you see them big buff motherfuckers trying to crash the party. Just picture them writing songs for the Battery Boys. <sighs> it's so good. But I think you hit the nail on the head when you said you have those 20 minutes to entertain. Yeah. I think a lot of rappers and even just artists are like, oh, okay, I just got to do my usual set and, you know, get up and get off and that's it and it's like no you can do whatever you want with those 20 minutes to entertain people so to really invite them in with a song that they all know and love and they're not expecting let's just have a good time i got 20 minutes to entertain y'all have fun with y'all so fuck it not to mention the setup for it i tried to mimic the setup with yeah, how i yeah, set up yeah. the question it was low-key how you set it up though it was kind of like that I, like, who loves, I said who loves soul music you know what I'm saying? Cause, and my fuckers was like, yeah, I like soul music. I'm not going to do no fucking NDRE or no shit. You know well, what I'm saying? I thought saying? it was just going to be like some type of like some sample, wonder beat Yeah, some something. shit like that. Yeah, and he just was like, hello, what? It's sick. I'm like, yep, for sure. I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do next show. You know what I'm saying? I might come up with a head rap and do some Badu. I don't fucking know. Make sure you're at the next show. Shit, show up. I mean, I'd love to see some Bubba Sparks now that we see that <laughs> Come on, Bubba man. Sparks connection. That Bubba Sparks, look, man. People be like, why? All right. Here's the thing I get from my music, though. People be like, man, y'all should be kind of, like, sad, bruh. And my shit ain't really sad. It's just, like, hella introspective. When people ask who my influences, and I say Bubba Sparks, people are like, what the fuck? And then when I say Deliverance album, I know nobody listens to it, so, like, go listen to the fucking Deliverance album. It's low-key like a blues album. It's a bluesy-ass album. And then, also, Joe Budden, Moo Music 2, is one of the biggest influences on how I make music because... The shit he was doing, I'm like, I remember sweeping up at my job right after high school. Sweeping up. I'm like, oh, I just downloaded this shit today. I put it on my iPod. We play it. Fucking play that shit. I'm like, oh, I feel what this nigga's talking about. I feel this music. Like, I feel what he's saying. So it's like, how can I make people feel like that? I always like the sad song on the album. Like, every, every E40 album is a fucking sad song. So it's like, I'm like, how can I make people feel like that all the time? It may be a good feeling, maybe a bad feeling, but at least you feel something. You know what I'm saying? So that's like the easiest way to fucking invoke some kind of emotion from somebody because like, I want you to feel something instead of just like, oh, this shit was cool. Like, now nah, I want you to feel where I'm coming from because, like, my first tape ever I did was called I Just Want You to Hear My Voice. And all I've ever wanted to do is just be heard. Like, I don't give a fuck just hearing my shit. Just take the time to listen because, in different aspects of my life, I feel like I can't communicate certain things to people and I can't, I don't feel like people are listening to what I got to say. So I figure I just do it in the music. That's why I put a personal shit in the music just to get it out. Like, hopefully, somebody hear that shit. So when people say, oh, I like your shit, bro, I say thank you. I tell them thank you every time. I'm like, oh, man, that's what's up. Like, no, thank you, bro for listening to my shit because like, I needed somebody to fucking talk to because yeah, I like my rappers crazy and I might be crazy too. I, that's why I fuck with Joe Budden and Kevin Gates. Crazy ass motherfuckers. But I think the introspective is so necessary and it's also just so genuine. And yeah. I talk about this a lot on show. There's different audiences. You have those people who just listen and want to hear the slaps or just, yeah. you know what I mean, are listening very surface level. And then there's those people who really want to connect and want to hear something relatable and want to go on journeys and really want to feel what you're talking about. And it's like for you to really want to grasp that audience is 
so important because not a lot of people have a desire to do that. So it is so important that you're expressing yourself and able to put things out there, but also that people can receive it and that the right people get it because it's not some surface level shit at all. Yeah, because the funny part is it's like, all right, people was like, hey, bro, yeah, stop making that sad shit. But like you listen to the Jacka and it's like <laughs> the Jacka used to make a sad shit, but I listen to hella Mozzie. That nigga shit is hella sad, bro. Like, that shit make gangsters in their car fucking crying right now. This nigga right now in an old Park Ave on Foes in his parking lot, like, crying like a motherfucker right now. And, like, first off, you should be crying. You're still driving a scrape. And second off, you should you just crying because, you know what I'm saying? Thug tears. Shout out to Fab. You know what I'm saying? Even Fab to drop thug tears. You know, motherfuckers want to cry and shit. You know, so get a good cry. You know what I'm saying? Fuck it. Just don't agree with people telling you what kind of music to make. Like, yeah, that kind of bothers like, me. Fuck it. Let me stick to my guns. So I can sit there with a quarter million dollars worth of jewelry and just, yeah. you, know, you know, fuck it. I might want to do that one day. And then the last track, Call Me King. This shit could be so much greater. Yeah. We could see so much paper. You could play the games in the Matrix. I still gotta go home, so I can't fake it. Always been lying hearted, so I play dangerous. God's voice like I'm birthed in the same manger. If you seen what I seen, you understand my anger. Too good for my own, you understand the danger. Complacent, still dream chasing. Get up off your ass, motherfucker. Man, the first verse, it almost feels like you're writing a letter to someone. Mm-hmm. Did you have someone in mind, or was it kind of a blanket statement, or how did that one come to be? I think that's to myself. This shit could be so much greater. We could see so much paper. I mean, it's to myself and my friends, like in my group chat. You know what I'm saying? Like my my initial, my set group of homies. It's to them. Like, yo, this shit could be so much greater. We could see so much paper. We could play the games in the Matrix. You know what I'm saying? It's like, we could try to do it this way. You know what I'm saying? But I can't fake it. You know, always been Lionhearted, but I play dangerous. God's voice, like I'm birthed in the same age. I'm referencing old shit, like my product Lionheart. You know what I'm saying? I had a song with my other shit called God's Voice. I'm referencing the shit I did that was dope. And it's like, this shit is still tight, bro. Like, come on. It's kind of like, let's keep it going. It's, it's on some motivational shit. You know what I'm saying? But I talk about the danger of this shit, too, because, like, I'm talking to myself. Complacent, still dream chasing. Get up off your ass, motherfucker. Gonna take it. Your homie died young and you still can't face it. Uh, you wasted your time and they wasted his greatness. Because I, my homie, I used to rap when I was 18. He got killed when he was 18. So it's like, I have a song called God's Voice talking about that too, where it's like, dude, you're wasting your time. And they wasted his, they killed him early. So if he was still alive, would he be grinding and still doing shit? So you bullshitting right now, but you should, he's probably jealous of you right now. I mean, granted, if you in heaven or some shit, like you ain't jealous of me, like, fuck that shit. But like, you know, in the grand scheme of things, he's probably like, yo, I could have been doing that shit. You're just wasting your fucking time. It's a message that anybody got, like, homies that pass away. Use that shit as motivation because it's like they were trying to do the same shit you're trying to do, and you're bullshitting. So it's like they didn't get a chance to leave their legacy how you have a chance to leave your, leave your legacy. So it's like I deal with that shit. I deal with survivor's remorse. And a lot of people talk survivor's remorse, survivor's remorse when they make it out the hood or something. They make it out, and their homies are still there. They feel bad. I'm talking about just living. Because me and mommy's lost a lot of people. So it's like, you have survivors more. It's like, dog, I'm not where I want to be at. And like, if they were still here, would they be there? And it's like, damn, should we, should I, should I, why am I still here? You know what I'm saying? Because like when Prince dies, you're like, why the fuck is Donald Trump still alive? But fucking Prince is dead. You know what I'm saying? It's like, damn, what, why is that in the cards? You know what I'm saying? Shit like that. So you think about things like that. And I deal with a lot of that. So that's why I put in the music. But yeah, basically that shit is a letter to myself. It's also, I'm also talking a song about how it's, it's kind of easy to do certain shit. Like certain shit comes easy. So it's like, it's dangerous 
when shit comes easy. Like, I could go make a song, but it's like, I'll just do that shit later. I'll get to that shit later. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that shit is dangerous because you might not never get to that shit. You might just be bullshitting forever. Like, so I'm trying to be better at that. So basically, that's me talking to myself and my friends. Like, I never exclude myself from anything. So at a certain point, I was appointed, like, a leadership position. I don't know if it's naturally or that's just how things went. But, like, I have a song called Greater Than Less Than I did back in, like, 2012. Greater Than Less Than is just, like, y'all not more better than me. I'm not more better than y'all. You could put me on, maybe. You might be the one to put me on. Don't look at me. Like, don't wait for me to be the one to get on. Don't wait for me to be get shit cracking. That's not just music with the homies. That's, like, in life with my family. Like, don't wait on me, motherfucker, like, to do what you want to do. I might say, fuck it, and not do none of this shit tomorrow. I might just go be a construction worker tomorrow and be like, all right, fuck all this shit. Then what you going to do? So don't bank on me. I'm banking on myself. You should bank on yourself, and we can help each other get there. But, like, you might be the one to put me on. It's like my young homie, dude. It's like, like, dude, stop bullshitting. You might be the one to put everybody on. So don't wait. Don't look at me for all this shit. You could put everybody on. You never know. You might come with a hit tomorrow, and we all just be fucking chilling. But... You know, so it's basically, I, I never exclude myself when I'm talking about shit. Like, people are like, Yo, you talking about me in the song? No, I'm talking about us in the song, bro. Like, we are bullshitting. So that's how I look at it. So interesting, because I don't feel like you're bullshitting. So it's, yeah. it's interesting to hear you say that that's about yourself, because I feel like it could be said to so many other people. Like, you were even talking about how death impacts you, and I've talked about it before on the show, but a lot of people, they experience death, and they just stop. Mm-hmm. They just kind of, oh, well, this happened to me, so now I can't do anything. And it, it's it's such a victim thing. So to see it in a different light and how you see it to where it's like, we have to continue this legacy because he would if he was here. I just think yeah. that that's so important and such an inspirational thing. But it also can be heavy and kind of weigh down on you at the same time. But to keep you pushing is is super interesting. Yeah, off camera, we were talking about Merce. And uh, he had a line in a song called Murray's Revenge. And he's talking about if he gets killed, don't try to look for the person who killed me. Look for a brighter tomorrow and in spite of the sorrow, live every day to the fullest so your life isn't hollow. So you can holler out my name from the top of the game. And if you, he said, if you die, homie, I promise I'll do the same. For if a soul is avenged through the deeds of a friend, then success has always been the best form of revenge. So it's like your revenge on this shit is like to make it. You know what I'm saying? Because they try to stop y'all shit. So that's basically where, like, all that shit comes from. I don't do shit for nothing, people. I, I tell people all the time, I don't do shit for nothing. Or everything got a reason. Or I'm not one of them to just do shit just to do shit. I could tell y'all why I did shit. It's rare I do some shit and y'all be like, I don't know. Like, you could easily ask me about the NC song. I'm like, I don't know. I just did this shit. Like, no, I fucking told you why I did this shit. I don't like to say I don't know. No, but I think that's super important, especially in today's day and age where people are just doing shit just to do it and not thinking about it. Like, I think it really shines through and makes you who you are and like i said makes the people who gravitate towards you gravitate towards you because they feel that why did you call that one call me king um I, that's you, the you beat. can't say i don't know that beat was just so fucking hard like the first verse i'm talking to myself like you bullshitting or like you know but at the end of the day if i didn't think i could be so much better it wouldn't be bullshit it'd be regular so it's like if this shit was normal, like, okay, this is your best, bro. But if, like, I know, like, I know I didn't set a lot of shit off out here. And I know I didn't fucking put a lot of work in. And I know how dope all this shit I'm surrounded by can be. It's kind of like a reverse motivation. Like, call me king. Like, call, like nigga, you are dope, bro. Like, you know what I'm saying? So it's just like, get up off your ass. Call me king is just like, at the end of the day, that's what motherfuckers going to call me. Some kind of king or something, you know? So it's basically giving you both sides. Like, all right, you're bullshitting. 
because you should be the fucking man, and but you are the man. But they just don't fucking know you the man. You know what I'm saying? So it's, you have to talk to yourself like that sometimes. So that, that kind of wrapped the whole project up in that one song. Yes, yes, yes. Anything else you want to tell the people about Saturday night, Sunday morning? It's a part two. Maybe it's part two. I might call it. I might call it something different. But part I got a cover already. So part two on the way very soon. I just got a new the last track the other day to beat. Shout out to my boy Vidal Garcia. He used to be called Peach Child. I don't know if he's still gonna be called that shit. I've been on his ass about this beat for hella long. Like I had the sample. He sampled it for me. Like a lot of the beats I do, I bring the sample. I need you to sample this shit. And he finally did it. So we put the last pieces together. So it should be out sooner than later. Speaking of producers for Saturday Night, Sunday Morning, the first one, was it just what you call them? Chris? Oh, Chris the Incredible. Chris the Incredible. Chris I didn't the, want Chris I didn't the Incredible. Fuck that up. Chris the Incredible. Chris the Incredible. Yeah, he did he did the whole thing. Nice. I, I think, yeah, Chris did the whole thing. Shout out to my boy Chris holding Benicia down. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so then that leads us to blind spotting. Yeah incredible movie incredible soundtrack just something really just i almost want to call like soul riching to be a part of the movie the soundtrack all of that how did you get involved with it my introduction to blind spot and started it was a sunday night around 11 30 i'm at the house chilling and not doing nothing and i get a text from a number my boy david Diggs. he's the black guy in the movie he was like is this mo green i'm like yeah, this is Mo Green. What's up? You got the same number, bro? He's like, yeah, nothing never changes, bro. I, mean, I got the same number. So now to rewind it back on some Tarantino shit, you know what I'm saying? Me and David were in a pilot for a TV show. My boy Deontay Thompson was directing this pilot for a show. Deontay happens to be the, what is he? I don't know what his title is over at Beast, but he's like marching on the right-hand man for Beast Mode. He runs Beast Mode Productions, right? Not the clothing store, but the, the production company he got. So, But this is before all that. So he was like, man, I got this show idea. It's called The Industry. It's like the rap entourage kind of. And you're going to be like the rapper in the show and shit like that. And he's going to play your best friend. So David played my best friend. And uh, I never acted before. So I, like, I did drama class. Fucking killed it in drama class. Got an A and shit. Like, shout out to Mr. Eeks, the Vallejo High. And then, um... I was like, all right, cool. So we acted on the set, and I see Davi is killing it. And I'm like, yo, you really do this acting shit, bro? He was like, yeah, I act, but I rap too. So you rap? He go, yeah, my boy Rafael Casal. We got a group called The Get Back. We tour. You know what I'm saying? We got a live band. I'm like, what? That's crazy. So we ended up clicking up and doing a couple songs together, anything like that. We did the pilot for the show. And this motherfucker disappeared. And I'm like, I don't know where the fuck, what the fuck happened to Davi. Like, I'm just chilling, whatever, living through life. Maybe like five, six years later, I hear some shit about this play called Hamilton. And I'm like, Hamilton? The fuck is that? You know what I'm saying? I'm sweeping Broadway, rapping Hamilton play. Da, da, da. I'm like, what the fuck is that? And I see this dude on there rapping and shit. I'm like, that's fucking David. Like, what the fuck is that? Like, it's David. So I start tweeting him like, yo, bro, you're fucking cracking right now. Like, this is Hamilton. Like, tweet me back. Oh, man. I said, I'm trying to be like you, bro. You know, it's the black guy thing. I'm trying to get like you, bro. I'm trying to get like you, bro. But he hit me back. Like, I'm trying to get like Mo Green. I said, they go, fuck that shit. Like, dude, you on Broadway killing it. So we going back and forth. We just chopping it up. And then fast forward to that night, he hit me up like, yo, uh, me and Rafa are doing this movie. And, um... We're doing a, working on a score for the movie. I said, y'all seen some shit. Yo, you posted on from Variety, posting about you guys making a movie. He goes, yeah, we're doing a score right now. And um, I had this beat. I think he would kill it. And I was like, all right, send it. So I'm like, all right, I can't bullshit on this. I'm going to knock this shit out the next day. So I knocked it out, and I sent it back to him. I did a verse and a hook. Send it back to him. Cause he said, I just need a verse and hook for this one scene. I said, What's the scene? What you doing in the scene? He was I didn't know I didn't know shit about the movie. I didn't know nothing about, I didn't have time to ask all that shit. I'm like, yo, 
was you doing a single? This is the part where I'm running. So I was like, okay, whatever. So I called us on running to the sky. So I'm like, I'm trying to do hella research on the movie, trying to see like what it's about. I don't know what this shit is about. It's not saying nothing on, online about the movie's about. I said, what is it about, bro? He's like, we're movers. I'm like, all right, thanks for letting me fucking whatever. So I'm like, all right, cool. I do the song, send it to him. Oh, we loving this shit. You killed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, all right, cool. That's what's up. He goes, yeah, we gonna put it in the movie. I'm like, okay, that's what's up, bro. I get hit up again. Hey man, do this song. All right, I did a couple more joints like they had in mind on a couple beats. Then uh, this one day he hits me up. He's like, "Hey, I did the hook on this song. I don't like how it sound. Can you just redo my hook? Like, you just do my hook." And I was like, "All right, cool. I just redo it." I had to go to work. I was working at Diamond on Hay Street. Uh, shout out my boy Space. So Space, you know what put me on, cuz. But Diamond, you know, I, yeah, whatever. Don't worry that shit. Uh, I had to go to work. I, was, I had ten minutes before I got to go to work. I was like, "Fuck, do I just bullshit cat and do it later, or do I do it now?" I did that shit then. I didn't give a fuck how late I was gonna be for work because I know he's tapped in a lot of shit and he's hitting me up for something like this like I can't bullshit on that so he hits me up for that I do that I sit in the hook back chilling I'm on the way to Tahoe one day I get a call from him hey what's up man hey we going to Sundance we open up Sundance with this movie I said what the fuck Sun this shit going to Sundance like a lot of people I know about Sundance Film Festival that shit is pretty big that's where a lot of indie movies get picked up for like you know big big deals so i'm like oh that's crazy y'all going to sundance he goes yeah hey that song you did the hook on I'm like yeah e40 on that shit now i was like what the fuck what he's like yeah e40 on that shit i was like oh that shit crazy bro and then so he said i talked to 40 last night and he was like yeah we got mo green he go oh mo green that's what's up like that's my folks like you know what i'm saying that's what's up he goes he's like i didn't even know y'all fucking knew each other I'm like long story bro like since i was a little kid like you know long story so we go into that and then Next thing I know, Lionsgate is talking to buy the movie. Oh, Lionsgate fucking picks the movie up. Oh, bro, we got a red carpet for the fucking movie. I'm like, hold up, what the fuck? I didn't think this shit was going. I'm getting all this paperwork to fill out, you know, the license for the movie, all that kind of shit. This shit became a big fucking deal. So uh, he's like, uh, man, come to L.A., come watch some of the uh, early edits of the movie. And I'm like, I can't get down there. I'm trying to get to work. Like, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I should have just shook and went down there, but it's like, I need my cheese. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got hella shit going up here. You know, I'm still working on my music shit, bro. I'm hella busy, yeah, whatever. So, didn't get a chance to make it down there and see the early edits, but I went to the red carpet. Go to the red carpet, I'm in the movies, and I'm just chilling, watching it. Next thing you know, I hear my fucking song comes on, and I'm like, oh, shit. Like, I'm seeing it for the first time with everybody else, which was cooler for me because I like surprises. So, I don't like the one who's like, tell me, tell me when it's going to be. Like, nah, let me just watch it like everybody else and see when this shit comes on. So, when the shit came on, and the movie was fucking dope as fuck. So, it was like, thank God, y'all. Thank you, David. And Rafa for putting me in a fucking dope ass movie because you could have me in some fucking bullshit. You know what I'm saying? Like, you could have me in whatever. So it's like, thank God you didn't have me in, in some bullshit movie. Like, that shit is a, a iconic, that's a classic ass movie. Like, I'm glad it did what it did. It got a lot of love. And, like, I was, I seen that shit like five, six times in the movie theaters. Like, you know, I kept going to watch that shit. Like, fuck it. Like, my song's in the fucking movie, bro. Like, I'm not going to not watch the shit. So I went hella times to watch it. And uh, it was just a beautiful thing. I took my mom and aunts to go see it. Like, everybody was like, we going to go see this movie? Someone's missed it. You know what I'm saying? Because they didn't, they didn't know what song it was. They're like, oh, that was you. I had, uh, I had another aunt that was telling That's you. Right? I said, that's me right there. Oh, that's you. That's you going to right there. Are you talking through the whole thing? Like, he's like, stop talking. Listen, I'm only there for 30 seconds. Like, stop talking and listen. Like, why are you talking to me right when I said, you guys done talking? That's you. I said, oh, it's over now. 
You just missed it. So you talking the whole fucking time. It's over now. Like, damn, auntie. But it was cool, though. You know what I'm saying? Got the, and, and then we were, did your song come on? Like, my shit been came. I've been told y'all when it came on. But, like, I went to see him in a gang of times. Took a, took a bunch of homies to go see her every time. Shout out to my boy Salty. You know what I'm saying? I see Salty in the movies one time at, at Grand Lake. He's like, man, I heard this shit was cool. I went to go check it out. Like, so I appreciate everybody who went out to go see it. And uh, a few more homies who didn't see Mind Spotting. It's on all digital outlets right now. It's on fucking DVD. If you still got DVDs, it's on Blu-ray. If you fucking with the Blu-rays, if you still ain't see this shit yet, hey, I shouldn't even be fucking with you, cause, cause I, I got a song in a fucking movie, man. You should go run and go see that shit. Like, come on, man. God damn. That's real life. I love that you said he didn't even tell you what the movie is about. He just said it was movers because I think in a beautiful, magical way. I don't think a lot of us when we went to see it, we really knew the plot because there's so many layers in that movie that we did. Didn't really know what it was about and just how powerful of a story it was like I know personally I wasn't ready for it and it was just amazing to watch on screen and it's something that you think about for days and weeks and months after you see it because it's so important especially if you're from the Bay Area because mm -hmm. I think a lot of those things just kind of get ingrained in us and we don't really take the time to talk about them or think about them or have those conversations so it was just so incredible to see it on the big screen and for them to be able to tell that story instead of having somebody else tell it and fuck it up and whatever exactly. so for it to be so authentic was a beautiful thing in itself so i would recommend everybody to go see it as far as running to the sky what was it like making them because you talk about how he was like do it and you knew already knew that it was kind of a pressurous situation you really had to just go with it Time. I've been on my wave, you niggas been buying y'all time. I ain't worked this hard to be the same OG. You blame on me, you niggas need to blame OGs and never die. Motherfuckers want the same old smoke. I never inhale, don't fix it if the game ain't broke. Green did so much dirt, I can stain your soap. Ups and downs, I've been around, but I remain your goat. It's green. What was it like? Like, how many times did you record it? What was the writing process? All of that. Well, I do a lot of my recording in my room. I invested in this, the equipment to do at the house. So, like, I was at the house. I'm like, I hit him like, yo, what am I rapping about? Like, he go, bro, just kill it. I'm like. <laughs> all right. I'm like, I'm like, all right, bro. So I just start writing my verse. And I'm like, the beat had a, had a cool little vibe. So I'm like, are you going to be running? I'm like, all right, cool. And I'm trying to gather what I could gather from, like, the online. It really wasn't nothing. I couldn't have nothing to go off of. So I'm just like, all right. Because you got to think, like, if you didn't know what it was about before like, the movie, just with the previews, you for sure didn't know what it was about before the score was even done for the movie. So exactly. that's how much was out there. So I'm like, damn. So I hit him up. I'm like, can I cuss? And he was like, yeah, you can fucking cuss like just say whatever fuck you want to say i'm like all right cool so right when he said that shit that's when i went to lay my verse and I, he was like you can put a hook on there if you want or you can just leave it blank but it's like if somebody asks you to do a fucking verse and they say you could put a hook on there if the hook weak just do the hook because i thought mug was dope they like my hook but at the end of the day it ain't having somebody sing my hook so it basically took a lot of the words from my hook and just sung it and it's good that I still did the hook. Cause somebody, just, I just got the verse right here and just made somebody else do the hook. Man, do what they ask you to do. Like, go above and beyond. So he actually said, do a verse and maybe hook if you want to. Cool. And it just kind of came. Like, after I did the verse, and I was like, all right, you're going to be running. When he said going to be running, I'm like, in the beat, I just kind of picture somebody running to that beat. And I'm kind of like, how would I set the scene? 
and then that's just how it kind of came. I had to visualize. I had to basically make up my own fucking movie in my head about what it might have looked like to do the song. Because like I said, he just said, just kill it. And I'm like, what the fuck you want me? What you mean? Just kill it. Like, what is the scene? Like, what is he... What is he doing? I had no information, you know. Says so shot David for just leaving me hanging out there like that, bro. You're you're a real one. But it's cool in the sense that he knows you enough and trusts you enough, even after so many years of you yeah. know what I mean. You guys kind of following each other on social media, but not really talking. He knows your artistry well enough to just be like, just kill it, and knowing that you're gonna kill it and that is is gonna be dope. Yeah, so. it came out hella tight. He opted on it. Then uh, what's her name? Kier Kiana Leedy. Obviously, mm-hmm. yeah, I, her album's dope. Though. Her album came out the same day the damn Blind Spot oh, EP damn. came out, and I was like, okay, she's kind of tight. Because Raphael Casal, he's the other guy in the movie. Because I was talking to him a lot during the making of it too, so it wasn't just David. I was talking to both of them a lot. Because me and Raphael go back. Because Raphael was uh, a barrier freshman, top ten one of these years. I was on the first year, the cameo year, yeah. the real year. But uh, this one did a list, you know what I'm saying? Not to knock the list, you know what I'm saying? Shout out to the homies. Because I remember Simba was on that list, Raphael was on that list. Um, who was, I think Gully was on that list. Like, it was a dope-ass list. So I ain't knocking a list, you know what I'm saying? Y'all all my folks. So he was on that. So I've been with him from just being around, and we've done shows together. So we've always been cool. So he hit me up like, yo, that, that song you did, check this out. And I'm waiting for my hook to come on, and then she's singing. I'm like, oh, this shit is crazy. You know what I'm saying? So it came out hella doper, you know what I'm saying? Because I can't sing. I like to sing, can't sing. <laughs> And then the, the song with 40 is on the credits of the movie, so I can't get too mad at that, you know what I'm saying? So shout out to them. So good. Anything else you want to tell the people? Look out for more shit coming. You know, look for more shit from my squad, OutCrowd 110. 2019, we shorten that shit because OutCrowd 110 is hella long. <laughs> so OCCX, because CX is Roman Roman for 110. <laughs> so OCCX, we coming through with some new shit. Uh, my boy Deuce. Look out for Deuce. Everybody, you follow on Instagram. I think his name is Deuce Different. He's changing shit every fucking week. Spam him. Tell him fucking do something with that damn flat top he got. No, he was at the last show that I saw you at, and he killed yeah, it. So yeah, he I'm killed excited it. to see what Yo, he, he was got nervous now. as fuck before the you know, he, he, was. Oh, he was spooked the whole time. But that's the thing is you have to be nervous because that shows that you care, and you have to be nervous, and you have to go and do it so that you know you can do it exactly. next time. Exactly. He never rocked by himself before, Aww. ever. So that was his first time, like, really going up there. So he was hella nervous, hella shit. No, we just sound like, hey, let me do it again. I said, no, we got time, bro. <laughs> We got time. Let me do it again. Let me do it again. But no, we ain't got time, bro. He was back there rehearsing, so he killed it. But I, I didn't give him too much of a hard time. I, I still do that for every show. I get nervous as fuck because I don't listen to my own shit. So I have to learn my words again every for every show. But yeah, so more about green shit coming out soon. Uh, more shit from the squad. I might do a podcast or some yeah. shit. I don't know. I might be stripping at your next birthday party, ladies. <laughs> I don't know. It depends how this rap shit go. So if y'all want to buy my fucking music, I'm jumping out of fucking cake. All right. So whatever you want. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to get my money regardless. I love it because you're multi-talented, so I'm guessing you could do that. But we just had a whole conversation about not going the easy way. That's kind of an easy That's way. That's kind of an easy way. You know what I'm saying? I salute you hey, nonetheless. You know what I'm saying? Use what you got to get what you want. You know? You know what I'm saying? Make that money. Don't let it make you. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you. Thank you for coming by. Finally. It only took uh, seven years. 
I'll, I mean, I'll take part of the blame too. It's not her fault. I had fault. to force you this time, it's so not maybe if fault. I would have forced you seven years ago, it's not your fault. It would have happened. It's my fault. It's all good. because you yeah. don't have to explain. All right, you're here. <laughs> Thanks again to Mo Green for finally stopping by, and thank you so much for checking out this episode. If you enjoyed it, make sure to hit that follow or subscribe button on whatever you're listening on, and then reach out to me. Let me know what your favorite part was, who you want to hear on the show, or just say hi. I'm on Twitter at special says and on instagram it's at special says as well and as always this show is dedicated to marlon do what you can to stop senseless acts of gun violence